Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back. We're glad to have you as we continue our study in 2 Samuel. Well, could you pray for us, please? Yes, I will. Lord, I just thank you for today. And we come to you in hum humility, Lord, and humbleness. And we are willing for you to guide us, Lord, in our Bible study, Lord. For you said, when two or three are gathered in your name, Lord, and when any two ask for anything, that your Father in heaven would do it for us, Lord. And we gather in your name here today, Lord, and ask you and invite you into our midst, Lord, to teach us, to guide us, and to give us understanding and revelation of who you are, Lord, and the things that we need to continue to grow, Lord. And I just thank you for already being here, Lord, because I know that you're here, and you said that you'd never leave us or forsake us, Lord. So I know that I have what I ask of you, Lord, in your name, Lord, as it is in your will. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Layla. Yes. All right, so today we are in 2 Samuel chapter 5. So, let's get to the Word, shall we? Mm -hmm. All right. It says, Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. We are the one who led Israel out and brought them in. You, sorry, also in time past when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out and brought them in. And the Lord said to them, You shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. Therefore the elders of Israel came to the king of Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was thirty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned forty years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all Israel and Judah. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land who spoke to David, saying, You shall not come in here, but the blind and the lame will repel you, thinking, David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David, now David said on that day, Whoever climbs up by way of the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites, the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. Therefore they say, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Then David dwelt in the stronghold and called it the city of David. And David built all around from the Milo, and inward. So David went on and became great, and the Lord God of hosts was with him. Then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messages to David, and cedar trees, and carpenters, and masons, and they built David a house. So David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel, and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. And David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem, and he had come from Hebron, also more sons and daughters were born to David. Now these are the names of those who were born to him in Jerusalem. Shemua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ebar, Elishua, Nepheg, Jephia, Elishama, Eliada, and Eliphelet. So, let's stop there for a second. And... Turn it over to you guys first. If you have any questions, any comments, and most importantly, anything that the Holy Spirit revealed to you. I didn't know that Jerusalem was not part of Israel at the time. I was just that Jerusalem was always part of it. Okay. So it interests me that he had to go take Jerusalem. Was that Jerusalem or was the city deep? Well, let's look at what's continually happened, right? Um, even for Moses and Joshua, or what was spoken to Joshua, to be more accurate here, right? 
that the Lord promised little by little you'll take the land. You'll inherit it, right? Yes. That means there were others that already existed there. But the Lord had promised the land to, well, Israel, the nation of Israel. So, the Lord is fulfilling his promise. But also in that, just that part that he said to Joshua, it was still being cared for, tended to, right? All those things while the Lord was bringing them, maturing them, growing them to be able to fully take care of and provide, I'll say, what was required in the land. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. What else? Why were the lime and the blind, the blind and the lame trying to repel David, the Jebusites? That makes utterly no sense to me. <laughs> it was a lie to keep David from coming in. No. I so. I thought they were boasting. Exactly. And what? Their strength and how great they thought they were. Um, but they're how blind and lame. So how secure how they felt the city was. Exactly. That the people that can't do anything i mean the blind person how do they i mean fight and the lame and right the lame can't, that can't carry themselves walk, and, right okay yeah they were so confident in the fortress and how it was set up being in the hillside or on a mountain right and as, the only interest is water through the waterway so uh, yes that's how they came up but how are you going how typically do people especially in that time Get into a castle. Chest on the sides. Break through it. Break a hole in the wall. Break down the door. Right? The gate. Scale it. Yeah. Scale the wall. Or less less likely, right? Come up from underneath. Does it make sense? They didn't have parachutes and all that. Or they couldn't just go over in that, that manner at that time. So there's only so many ways in. But the people, the Jebusites... We're so confident in the strategic placement structure, all that, of that city, that that was the, uh, I'll say, well, I'll phrase it in this way. Uh, it was almost like why it became a proverb, right? Yes. Oh, we're, we're so well defended that the, lime, the, blind, the blind and the lame, excuse me. <laughs> yes. The, same, the lime. <laughs> <laughs> combining some words there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apologies. Okay. But, uh, so the blind and the lame will will be the ones that, that keep you out. That is boasting. Going off of just natural human perspective. Mm -hmm. But then the Lord intervened. That was, we, we just mentioned that scripture um, in the last chapter. Proverbs 21, verse 31. Verse uh, 31. Oh. oh, but let's go to I'm verse here. 31st. There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared for battle, prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. So they may not have had a horse in this particular instance, but they had trust in their, their walls and their borders, and they thought, oh, we've set up this thing so good that nobody can get in here. But deliverance is of the Lord. So the battle belongs to him. The victory is God. So there's nothing that any man or human being can set up or the enemy can set up that God can overcome. So it's good to be on his side. There's no counsel against him. Yes. Anything else or anyone else? <clears throat> I appreciated... Um, we've been talking about also, like over this course of First Samuel and into Second Samuel, when God tells us something, that we can trust him, right? That we can be secure in his promise to us and have confidence towards him and not get weary in the, the anticipation that we, we have but not, and not lose heart or become despondent. In verse 11, it says, Then Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David, and cedar trees and carpenters and masons. And they built David a house. So David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel. 
and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people, Israel. So it just, God was moving in the heart. We talked about that. You can't always see what God is doing. You can't always see him going, I'm him speaking to this one over here. Because he said the river, um, the heart of the king is as a river in his hand, in God's hand, and he turns it whichever direction he desires. So he gives us favor. And while David couldn't see all these things being prepared, God was working on things on David's behalf. And here's something, such a treasure that was blessed, that David was blessed with, but it's something that David didn't have to ask for. God was working this already for him and had already had this in his destiny tract, if you will, to provide him these things when he came into the place that God had for him. So what a blessing, you know, that there is this king that is not only listening to the Lord. We've talked about that before, that Jesus said there were, there were sheep outside the house of Israel that he was going to bring in. That's you and me. You know, the, the people that aren't physically of the lineage of the house of Israel, but we are his sheep, right? That he was still bringing into the kingdom. That, that's us. <laughs> but you see, he's got someone here that's listening to him. Right? Yes. This king is being inspired and led by the Holy Spirit to do something for God's man who believed him and endured to walk before the Lord, to continue the journey. You know, he told Abraham in Genesis 17 to walk before him and be blameless. God told, God told Abraham, walk before me and be blameless. Be whole and entire in your approach to him. Right? Be, be one and single-minded. And follow God with all your heart. He is our exceedingly and great reward. He is Amen. our precious promise. So he's faithful to do what he said. So like you can tell that this put a smile on David's face. Right? Yes. It made him go, <sighs> you know, just feel like, okay, God, thank you. All the stuff that I had been waiting and working for and the processes that David went through. For all that time, all those years, as it was... You said what? Se <clears throat> excuse me, seven and a half years at Hebron, mm -hmm. but then there was still the eight to twelve years prior to that mm -hmm. that he was on the run from Saul. He was a young man. He had to hold. He had to stand on the promises of God. All, right. All the way from sixteen. When from he very was early on, exactly. Yeah, from sixteen. Then he went to Saul's house, playing the harp, and then he came back and was, you know, watching the yes. sheep for his dad. Then he went through. Um, the deal with Goliath and overcoming having that victory there. And then he was taken to be in the king's palace and be a, uh, yep, an armor bearer. And that time in waiting and then winning the prize that wasn't given. But then something else was substituted and then being set up. And then, you know, all of those things that he went through, the time that he spent running in the desert. And uh, not the desert, but the wilderness. But a couple um, chapters ago, we talked about how he was suited. His men were ready for the, the contest that they were having. Where Saul's people were used to being in the palace and having comfortable accommodations, David's people were used to fighting on the run. Right? Yes. yes. And without the ideal and the creme de la creme circumstances, they could fight wherever they were, which made them superior. So all of those things had a purpose. But here's God going, ha, another surprise for you. You didn't even know I was doing this, but I already had you on my mind i already had this planned out for you this thought my thoughts and intentions towards you are good for good and not for evil i exactly. know the thoughts and the plans that i have for you so it's our job just to walk with him just stay with him i know i say this all the time but that's because it's so important absolutely it's all there's always the temptation and that's what the enemy tries to do is to get us to depart from the plan and the will that God has for us to, to get out even in the smallest things to rob to you or for you to rob or negate the blessing you're about to receive on your, of your own free will or volition. Yeah. We always talk about the beginning, the, as we know man existing in you know, this particular form, because we're spirit beings, so we existed with him beforehand, right? Amen. So um, in the garden, Adam and Eve had everything that God wanted for them, right? It was all there. But because the enemy got them to get off the destiny track that God desired for them, it corrupted his whole plan, right? It, it corrupted and complicated the, the plan, the track that they were going to have to live, right? Yes. And thereby affected generations coming after them because of the position that they held. So Satan has not changed from who he was at that time of wanting to dis destroy and disrupt 
what God has for you. So let us be wise in that and understand and not give him the opportunity. So that's why I stress so much, just walk with God. Just do what he wants you to do. Don't try to add your own agenda to it. Don't try to force God to do what you want. Don't try to squint at it and say, well, just God bless it. Don't do that. Just take his best because therein lies safety. Therein lies satisfaction. Is it easy? No. It's not because most of the time we have to wrestle against our own emotions, our own desires, and bring those into subjection. And there's some ridiculing and, and persecution that comes along with it. However, it is far easier mm-hmm. than paying the price for sin. For eternity. Or even in the short term. But, <laughs> but let alone eternity, man. absolutely. At, any, at any, any point in time, having the enemy come up and go, ha, psych, I got that. Because now I've got a claim. You've given me the ability to have to access. have access. To your life. Oh, you thought you were getting that blessing? Never mind. You're disqualified. And far be it to go spend this lifetime as hard as it already is to see our king's face and hear him say, depart from me. I never knew you. It's not worth it. I never want to hear that from him. I want him to hear, well done. I want to hear, well done. Come on and enter into my rest. So I live every day like today is the day. Mm -hmm. I want him to say, well done, every single day of my life. And that should be your goal. Let him say, well done, about you every single day of your life. Not shake his head. Mm. Or you squeaked in. Well, you made it, but barely. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so what else? I found it like it was just the Lord pointed out the significance of David's age. And if I remember correctly, in Hebrew culture, it's once you reach the age of 30, you're considered a real man. Like you're, I thought it was 40. 40. It's 40? 40. 40. Yes. Yeah. A lot. But so also he, that he was 30 when he was finally established. And not that it really took long, but just the, I guess, significance of it, mm-hmm. that he was still that age. He's still and, a young man. Absolutely. Oh, well, yes. Well, not really that, but there's also, like, younger kings. It talks about it, younger kings being in the Bible, but just how old David was. And when he... When the elders of Israel came over to say, please be king over us. Mm-hmm. That's all. Well, why, though? What do you mean, why? Why would the elders of Israel come to someone who's younger and say, hey, be king over us? Mm. A because respect they factor? Reckon, they recognize the Lord. What's that, sir? Because they recognize the Lord. They recognize the Lord. So... There is a, a psalm about that as well, where it says something in effect of, right, because I have the wisdom of the Lord, I have to find it, but um, he has given me, or the, because I follow the Lord, he's given me wisdom greater than that of my elders. Hmm. All right, um, something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. Um, it's in Psalms. I don't remember where exactly it is. Um, but why is that? Because wisdom comes from above. Yes. Right? We already read that in yesterday in James, right? Talking about the Lord's wisdom, his counsel, right? All those um, aspects of him, which you see in his Holy Spirit, stated in Isaiah 11, if I recall correctly. First couple, two, three verses. Talks about those exact, exact things. All those aspects and attributes wisdom and counsel and knowledge and understanding and might and yes right you see those well if we're obedient to the lord though we're also going to have them we're going to walk in them and that's what people are going to notice it's demonstrating that out um so that is the reason why because david remained with the lord 
walking with him, close to him, letting the Lord teach him and instruct him. Right? You see that also written throughout the Psalms. Yes. Teach me your ways, mm-hmm. your thoughts, because your ways aren't my ways. They're higher, right? They're yes. higher than mine. But he wanted to know the Lord, the Lord's nature, his character, mm-hmm. how he thought, so that he could apply it to his life and walk in the same manner. Okay? Yes. Um, yes, okay. Thank you, honey. So Psalm 105. Um, Is that the one you wanted? That's one of them. Okay. Um, verses 21 and 22, I'll just read that. Uh, he made him lord of his house and ruler over his possession to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his elders wisdom. But there is another one that, um, actually, I think it's in Psalm 119. Okay. Let's go there real quick. Sure. Psalm 19. Oh, yes. Verse 100. Psalm 119, verse 100. 99 and 100. It says, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. Mm -hmm. And then it continues and says, I understand more than the ancients or the elders. Mm -hmm. Right? Why? Because I keep your precepts, Amen. your commandments. And it was in there somewhere. Or just okay. needed, uh, I needed to find it. Read verse ninety-eight too. Yes, you could read ninety-eight. Yeah. You through your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, mm-hmm. for they are ever with me. Mm-hmm. Wisdom, of course, the godly kind. Godly mm-hmm. wisdom only comes from Him. Through His Holy Spirit. Well, you could just keep reading that. You, yes, you can. But I just mm-hmm. just for those specific things. But yes, mm-hmm. please on your own continue to, to read that because there's so much there about wisdom and how yeah. we are to live. But we've already stated what's at the core of it: following the Lord, His commandments, His teaching, what He's teaching and telling you, so you can grow and mature, and exhibit the the very nature, the character. Of God in your life, living by it, walking by it, every moment of every day. Mm-hmm. It will be recognized mm-hmm. as you demonstrate walking in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in doing so, I want to bring up this. There's a point in verse 8. I'm actually surprised nobody. Oh, Second Samuel. Oh, Second Samuel, yes. Uh-huh. Thank you. Chapter 5, verse 8, where he says, uh, "Anyone, uh, David makes the the decree, anyone comes up the water shaft and defeats the Jebusites, the lame and the blind, this specifically, who are hated by David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. How do you understand that? Or do you have questions about it, I should say? As to why he made that promise? Well, it's very significant, right? The fact that he says he hated the lame and the blind. Does he really feel that way? Does he? Right. That's. I guess that's a better question. Thank you. Does he really feel that way about the lame and the blind? It is their boastful nature. Nope. The lame and the blind weren't the ones boasting. It was the people. The rulers were saying. I think that's what that our lame you were talking about, Bubby. Or did you think the lame and the blind were actually boasting? No, that they're boasting that. They can do it. I don't think he actually hated them because there's plenty of them in Israel and didn't say he weren't slaughtering all the right <laughs> in Israel. It's true. Absolutely. He didn't kick them as he walked by. Right. <laughs> right. No, because that would not okay. be exhibiting the nature and character of Christ. Excellent. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So why do you think that is? Why do you think it's written there?
I thought maybe somebody else added a twist, or they were, or David had a sort of pity for them because it's not really what the Lord had for them. And okay. And scriptures, I forget where it is, but they said that you're like this way because of the sins of your father, mm. and not necessarily that it was the people sin themselves, but it was caused by sin. And so that would be in John. In the New Testament, oh, right, yes. where the Pharisees were trying to figure out why the blind man that Jesus healed, right, was blind in the first place, or if he even was blind, right? There was a lot of back and forth and trying to figure all that out yes. at that time, right? And they, and they attribute it to sin from their parents, right? That's what the Pharisees did, incorrectly yes. attributed it to sins of their parents. Um, but no, if we go back in the Old Testament, Leviticus says there is a in chapter 21 the lord is giving his expectations his commandments for how the priests are to conduct themselves right and in verse 20 sorry verse 18 of chapter 21 leviticus 21 verse 18 says what for any man who has a defect shall not approach a man blind or lame who has a marked face or any limb too long Okay. Uh, you can, because there's there's more there, but also in chapter twenty-two, um, where he's giving the Lord that is, is giving instructions on offerings, on what will be accepted, and what will not be accepted. Um, you read verses twenty-one and twenty-two, please, of chapter twenty-two. Yes, it says. Um, yeah, 21 states the bottom. So, and whoever offers a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord to fulfill his vow or free will offering from the cattle or the sheep, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Those that are blind or broken or maimed or have a ulcer or Eczema, 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 or scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord, nor make an offering by fire of them on the altar of the Lord. Oh. Okay. So, but also, what does Thessalonians say? Present our what? Bodies. Spirit, soul, and bodies. Oh, sorry. Present our bodies a living sacrifice, mm -hmm. blameless, right? Yes. And then in Thessalonians, without spot, Lord. wrinkle, or blemish. Mm -hmm. Blameless before the Lord. Yes. Okay. So it wasn't about him hating people that were blind or had, had a, a handicap. Or, or yes. The Lord tells us to show them compassion. Absolutely. Yes. He has to care for them. Mm -hmm. It was people who, and if you really get down to what's at the core of being, what the taunt was, the boasting, was essentially... The unrighteous will prevent you from coming in. Hmm. If you really want to get to what's at the core of that. Hmm. Right? People that are unrighteous, that are living filled with sin. And David, right, uh, you see, he writes this all the time in the Psalms, right? Multiple times. I hate those who you hate. In other words, those that are that are choosing willfully to live in sin or opposition to the Lord, to his ways, to his teaching, to his commandments, his precepts, who choose to be in opposition to the Lord. Those are the ones he's hated. Yes. And you see that, yes, kind of played out in the natural here. But again, we were literally just talking in the last chapter about discernment. Actually discerning what's behind it. The spirit behind Words that are being said. So you're saying it's the enemy behind it going, na 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 boo boo. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going to keep up, right? But what's David saying? No, we move from victory to victory, right? He, that's written in, Paul writes about that in Corinthians. We move from victory to victory. Yes. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God, from his promises, because in them they are yes and amen. And we mm -hmm. also have to have an amen. And, and by that I mean, come into agreement with those promises. Mm -hmm. But he's given us all these things. So 
it, we can move from victory to victory in our lives. Which is, so when, so when someone's saying the opposite, which is what is being stated here, in other words, the unrighteous will keep the righteous from entering in. No, David absolutely hated that. But that is righteous indignation. Not the people themselves. Not the people themselves. Right. The spirit behind it. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That hasn't changed. Spiritual implications. We already, we've been talking about that. There's a spiritual world happening. And we have, as believers, have the obligation to listen to the Holy Spirit so we recognize what's going on. Right? And to operate in the spirit as he asks us to righteously. Right? Not conjuring in witchcraft. I'm not talking about that. But operate in the things of God. Right, yes. living by the Spirit, God, the the nature of God that has been made alive, quickened by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we were alive to the things of God, right? Yes. Okay. So I wanted to bring that up. I'm surprised no one else did, but it's all right. It's out there now. What yeah. else in this section? I, the taking of more concubines and wives right. from Jerusalem. That's always been a snare. Um, I, however, I understand the custom is because of um, you building relationships with other kingdoms. Marry my daughter, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So That's one of the ways. Establish peace. And, covenant. Right, yep. Yes, that, that was an exchange for them. However, it is a fetter. <laughs> it, it's human ways, natural, yes. you know, human perspective on how to do things. Absolutely. But it, it creates an avenue for the enemy because God didn't design us to be multiple wife having multiple husband having he didn't design us for that right no yes. god loves us he's That's gracious and merciful in, in the new testament right yeah and being the husband of one, one wife, wife and right so all that the qualifications for elders what we are all right that's what the word says we are all priests right you're a royal priesthood yes. a holy nation so that that's the qualification for everyone every believer every christian So, doesn't mean God doesn't forgive us if we get divorced or remarried, but having multiple spouses at the time, at the same time, and doing things outside of the way God has for you always leads to trouble. Okay? So, we're, we're watching that, that life track, right? Where, where are openings that the enemy can gain a stronghold or a foothold? So, we can watch those things in our own lives. Now, I know the world today presents it as in lustfulness, lasciviousness, duplicity, having women over here, women over there, men over here, men over there, get all you can, get whatever, as much money as you can, get, 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 whatever. It portrays it as though that's the thing to do, and that makes you look stronger and wiser, more valuable, more desirable. However, it is from the enemy. We... um, in chapter 4, we referenced James chapter 3, talking about the word, which wisdom are you listening to? Where does the wisdom come from? Wisdom of God or the wisdom of demons? Okay. So David didn't need any more wives. He had enough. He only needed the one that God pointed out for him. However, God is merciful and he's gracious and he, he still loves David, but that is not wisdom. That is not wise counsel. For him to take multiple wives and wife's behavior. And I'm, I don't believe the Lord instructed him to do that. Because we see how God has handled it in the past. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Right? Yes. Okay. So, back to the point of let God choose your spouse. Amen. Don't try to help him out with that. Don't go, she show is cute. Oh, mm, did you see how big his muscles were? And Suki, his hair is. No, thank you. Let God choose. <laughs> let God pick. He's got the one for you. Okay, he is still gracious and he forgives us if we make unwise choices or when we live in our flesh. Yes, he will forgive you. However, don't depend on that because it sure is hard to get out of those situations. Oh, at the core, just call it what it is. Let let's let God be God. Hey, let's let Him pick. Wow, our everything, right? That's nice. I like what that. a concept. Mm-hmm. Let Him of choose. every aspect of our life. All right, so uh, anyway, you want to read verse 17 yes. to the end of the chapter, please? I sure will. All right. Okay. 
Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard it, heard of it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me, like a breaking through of water. Therefore he called the name of that, that place Baal Perazim. And they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephraim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, and he said, You shall not go up. Circle around behind them and come upon them in front from the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. Amen. Amen. All around the mulberry trees. Mulberry. All, <laughs> all around the mulberry bush or mulberry trees. Yeah. Isn't that funny? So what the Holy Spirit reveal to you guys about this section? I thought it was funny that as soon as they heard that he was king, they were like, wait, wait where's David? They, like, that's they our man. Disappeared. A key. Oh, my like, man. Where'd he go? <laughs> like they had just discovered that he had moved out and, you know. He's been gone for however many years. He left the, you know, so I, I just thought that was kind of funny. Mm -hmm. It just came across as humorous Seven in my mind. Seven and a half years later. Right. All of a sudden. But let's also look at a possible why. I think we need, but two, two plus two equals four. Finally, he put the equation correctly. This happened. That happened. David's doing that to these people. Those people are missing, disappearing when he told me he was doing that. Mm. Well, let's look at the other aspect of it, too, though, right? He also kept sick lag. Well, yes, that was always part of Israel territory. That was a foothold, if you will that the Philistines had in the land. It was an outpost. Ziklag was not actually a part of uh, Philistine territory, right? Yes. So, but now, what did the Lord not... So this whole thing is about David seeking the Lord and getting guidance and instruction, right? Yes. Let's yes. go back a little ways. Did the Lord tell David to go to King Achish? No. Oh. So here we are seven and a half years later. There's a relationship. Do you not think from human perspective that, oh, well, now good things are happening to you. I have claim to part of that? Yes. Okay. I helped establish you. I helped give you a place. Don't you I remember when I what hit I, you? All the things I did for you. Do you see why it's so important to trust the Lord? It didn't just come up well, in peace and ask. He came up with the entire army. So, in other words, you could say, I was asking, but not really asking. I'm going to take it from you. That was the, the goal and the attempt. Why? Because he felt he had claim mm -hmm. because of David's actions. Right, and it doesn't say... King Akish here specifically, but you can anticipate he went with the other lords that he would be there as well. That's that's kind of how they did business. That's the custom. The king mm -hmm. also goes to battle. All the princes of the Philistines got together. Mm -hmm. You bring your people, I'll bring mine, and they, you know, march together, if you will. Exactly. What else? Are mulberry trees short? I don't know. Uh, um, yeah, not an, an arborist. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure, sweetheart. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look it up 
I can get back to you on that, though. I'm kind of curious why it says, and they left their images there, and David and his men carried them away. Where did they take them to? So I have a footnote that says that they burned them. Oh. I, I, again, this is human perspective, but it doesn't sit right with me and my spirit that David would be following the Lord and inquiring of the Lord every step and everything that he should do, but then, oh, I'm just going to take these idols back to my house. Like it was cool or accepted by the Lord. That doesn't make well, any sense. So here's the thing. It's not beyond the human element to try it. It's true. Because we've seen that. However, we see by God's reaction and response, that's not what he was doing. Because when other people did that before, God said, uh, you got sin in the camp. Come and, back and talk to me after you deal with and it. And they were defeated. Yes. They suffered consequences there was no for those for actions. Them. Yes. And it was quick. Like as in it. sometimes it lasted over years, but usually they failed instantly after taking those things like the next battle that came up yes. there um i didn't think being david. defeated whether it was david or his men right yes Same, that's that's exactly what was said to joshua don't take these things and then after they suffered the loss right they went to the lord and they were like hey why did we suffer this defeat and he's he like don't he even come talk to me you deal you have sin in the camp you go find it out you deal with it you uproot it mm-hmm. yes so then they did what do you want to say, sweetie? I didn't think David and his men like were setting them up as idols. They would have said that. And they set them up in their house as idols. They played the harlot. <laughs> it would have said that, but I just meant, like, what did they do with them? Like, did they melt them down or dispose of them? Well, one just says burn them, right? But we see that throughout Scripture, where even in the, in the wilderness, right, they had the, yeah. the snake that they oh. put up on the, on the pole or the, the cross, the stick, whatever, right? Because all the, the children in the wilderness were... Uh, and by children, I mean the, you know, yes. the children of Israel in the wilderness were getting bitten by serpents and they were poisonous and right all these, all these things were happening. And he mm-hmm. said, hey, if you get bit by one of these things, look up at the at the serpent thing, you know, that was that was made up on this pole or cross or whatever, and you will be healed. Right. Yes. But then people started worshiping that. We still that have image. that little thinking thing on medical stuff today. Right. Oh. Every time an ambulance rides by, there's like, a, exactly. Every well, time, yeah. Now you see where it came from. So pins and everything else. So, the, but the point where we're getting at is, people started worshiping that thing, mm-hmm. and then it took a a man of God to come and say no, and he and he called it Nahashti or Nahashti or whatever, which yeah, means piece, piece of, of brass, brass, and he mm-hmm. ground it down. He burned it and ground it down to powder, mm-hmm. and scattered it essentially. I thought they had to drink it. No, that, something that, was something that was a golden calf oh, that they made. Yes. Yeah. Right, but so but you see, so again, another example. Burned, right, when it says he burned it, or like I said, there's a footnote, burned them, burned the idols. Mm-hmm. They were always burned and ground down until they were nothing, mm-hmm. unable to be put back together. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yep. And so, in just a quick something for you to think of, in those cases where the vipers are breaking out and biting people and things like that, they departed from the hedge of protection. That's they exactly put a it. hole in their wall by disobedience and allowed the enemy to come in, right? And when they came back into obedience, the gap was hedged back up, right? Yes. Okay. Obedience is so important. Absolutely. In every aspect of our lives. Obedience to the Most High God. Let me make sure I put that in there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. What else? What else did you guys get out of this? Or what was revealed to you? Or what questions do you have? Um, I found it a bit interesting that it says, and they left their images there. I found it interesting that it says the Philistines came directly back there, and I don't think like they fled all the way back to wherever, the, whatever the country was called, Philistia. I think it was no. Uh, well, no, it says they went to uh, Gibeon, Baal Perazim, and then to Rephaim. Oh yes, and I was saying. I know they didn't go all the way back. Oh, I when wondered. they chased, they drove them back from Giba all, as yes. far as Gezer. But he's talking oh, about the first I time. I mean, the first time. You okay. can see they were still there. I, because they came back right to the same spot. And then it, I think it was more so like 
Let us leave the images and see if the Lord comes to our side and fights for us. Oh, like they did with the tumors and all that jazz. The first yeah, with the ark. To try do that again and see if the Lord would come and help them. They had alternative motives for trying to get rid of their idols. Well, I mean, there could have been a very uh, a number of reasons. It, it's hard to like, carry those bulky yeah. items around. <laughs> if you're on the run for your life, it, it's kind of difficult to make sure you've grabbed everything, right? Yes. If we're, I'll say, I'll use this as an example. If we're trying to rush you guys out the door because we have some place to go, what typically ends up happening? You guys get everything that you need? Or, or sometimes you forget some stuff. You forget some stuff. That, that you need. Never mind stuff you, you don't really need, but think it's of value or of importance to you, mm-hmm. right? And that's yes. not even in the face of danger or and, life. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? That's that's not you running for your life. That's mm-hmm. just, hey, we, we've got places to be. Let's get moving. Mm-hmm. So how, if, if that's how you feel in those instances, how much more or how, how amplified do you think that mm-hmm. is when people's lives are literally on the line? Mm-hmm. Leave it. They're just going to take what they got and run, right? Yes. Which is probably their, if I have two hands and one of them needs my sword. So I can <laughs> oh, well. And the other one's got my shield, then I'm good. I'm, I'm just going to go. That's all you need at that time. Okay. So. Not, not that we condone having idols. Or, you know, no. that's, that's clearly against the Lord, against his word, which is exactly why they burned yeah. them or ground them down, mm-hmm. whichever way you want to phrase it or state it. But um, just so there's a better understanding of, of that whole piece. Sure. Okay. What else? What were we going to say? It's just when you mentioned, like, running for your life, how you pretty much drop everything. If you have one, your sword in one hand and your shield in the other, you're good. Twofold on that one. Um, and I'm going to put this in Christian form. You don't need everything else that you've got. If you've got, as long as you have your armor of God, get out and go. You're good. <laughs> go do what he said. Yeah, that's right. You don't need whatever else you think well, you need. But with that, we also move from victory to victory when we're obedient. So if you have all this other stuff, idols or whatever in your life, then you need to get rid of it. You're you're clearly not in obedience. We saw that lady at at Sam's yesterday. She said, if God is all you, her shirt said, if God is all you got, then God is all you need. Then God is all you need. Exactly. (laughs) That's a great shirt. Um, So, yeah, but it's true. And that's why it's a great shirt. But, yes. It was, it was a great shirt because God's all you need. Mm-hmm. He's our, our everything, or should be. And he can bring to us everything else we need, but nothing can ever take his place. And along with that, God being everything, uh, what is, how does David operate in this time of being, I'll say, under attack or under siege, or whatever way you want to phrase it, not under siege, but uh, with the Philistines coming against him? How does he operate? He still asks the Lord how he should do it, and he mm. can't try to go. Well, this was the last time, so I'm just going to go in front again. Yes, sir. So he sought the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. So this is important. Prayer. Prayer mm-hmm. is how we communicate with our Heavenly Father. Yes, and that doesn't always mean stopping with the prayer shawl and no, kneeling and down. kneeling down and, and praying for hours on end. It doesn't mean that. It's a constant open communication between you and the Lord. That because you're always listening to his voice. Yes, because he says he will never leave us or forsake us. Mm-hmm. He is always with us. Always. He dwells and lives in us. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so let's just put it in human perspective for a second. If you and I are hanging out for the day, is there... Do you think we're going to talk throughout the day, or do you think we're we're just going to be silent? We're going to talk throughout the day. Okay. About what? Anything. Anything. Everything. Yeah. Right? We're going to point stuff out. We're going to say, ask if you noticed it and what you noticed about it, right? There's going to be teaching and education and equipping and encouraging and admonishing. and right? All those things are going to happen throughout the day, right? Yes. Okay. Why should it be any different? Between us and our Heavenly Father. If He's with us, and He is, why would we approach it any differently? You wouldn't. Okay. So David here, and and this is important because it says it pertains to prayer. He's constantly inquiring of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Not just about what he should do, but also what are the results. How we should do it, right? Uh, Everything, the entire... Plan. 
he receives from the Lord before he operates, before he moves forward. He's taking the time to do it. I know there's some people that are like, pew, shoot from the hip kind of folks. Lord bless it. Right, as they as they're running down the street. So if that's your nature is to fire off and, you know, be down the street before you look back and actually figure out what direction you're supposed to be going, be still. Take the time. There's never something that's so urgent that you can't listen to God, that you always have time to listen to him. But the point is make time. Understand who you are and what your natural inclinations are, and you make time, okay? Make time for him. If you're the person that never likes to move and you sit there all day and want to procrastinate, do side quests, as it were. <laughs> Take that time and put it towards the Lord. And then whatever he tells you to do, be prompt about it. Go forward in faith, okay? Yes, Take time to ask God and to listen to what he says. Okay? Like all of those things matter. And they are not something that are, it's not natural to us as human beings. It is something that is spiritually developed with effort you have okay. to make it a habit in your life absolutely um not that you i'll say it in this way it's not that you can't make plans but what are we told in scripture not to lean to our own understanding exactly and all but also to him. bring your plans before the lord amen all right i mean i gotta find exactly where that's written um I know this Psalm, Psalm 37, 5, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Mm -hmm. um, might be in Proverbs. Might be Proverbs 16, 3 maybe. Let me check. Well, Proverbs 16, 3 says, Commit your works to the Lord, and your thoughts will be established. Amen. Okay. Well, it just depends on your translation, mm -hmm. how it phrases it. And it's in other areas of Scripture as well. So it's not that you can't make plans. Bring them before the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then whatever he says, do that, right? And we see this throughout this whole section here that your mother read. I'm not their mother. Well, the, for our children, yes. your mother, and so, okay. and for the the rest of the listeners, for Kamisha, right? Okay. She read. David constantly, at every turn, inquires of the Lord, and then, what does it say? That he was obedient. That he went and did that thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. He didn't ask the Lord and then ignore his instructions. Uh, verse twenty-five makes it very plain. All right, David did so. As the Lord commanded him. Hallelujah. Amen. All right? Yes. And then he received the success, right? Because he was obedient to everything the Lord had commanded him. But also I want to point this out. Because this is important to our life, prayer life, right? just every aspect of our life and our walk with the Lord. There is not, I'll say, a one-size-fits-all process that you can just repeat it infinitum, except for developing the habit of bringing everything before the Lord. Mm -hmm. Right? Can't right. So we see that exercised here yeah. in David when he says, "Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand?" Well, what happened next time? He just went up against the Philistines. Oh, Lord, I got it from here. I know what to do. Or, bless the plan, Lord. I'm just going to take it and go up against them. No, because the Lord said, no, this time, go around them and wait by the mulberry bushes until you hear footsteps in the trees. Right? Yes. And then attack them. Wow, what do you know? The Lord changes things. He's not a one-trick pony. That's why there's no counsel against the Lord. No one can conceive what's in the heart and the mind of the Lord. Right. We, we've talked about this in the past, right, with Moses. What did he say? Strike the rock, right? The first time. The first time he said strike the rock. The second time he said speak to the rock. But Moses struck the rock. He said, ah, what's it matter? Same, same. Lord, bless it. Right. Now, the Lord still took care of his people. 
right? But he also dealt with Moses. Yeah, they got water, but it cost Moses something that was important to Moses. It did. And he was, he was in his flesh. We, just, we talked about that yep. in chapter 4, being in your flesh. And that moment when anger arises or something of that nature, do you continue in it in those, those actions or do you stop it? And then go back and go, all right, Holy Spirit, I was way too angry, and it just came out of nowhere. Let's deal with that. Right? Yes. But that, that tryst in the flesh, that, that moment down there for what, who he used to be, Moses, I'm, he had an issue with anger, clearly. The seeds were planted, mm -hmm. and you saw, well, they brought forth death. He wasn't allowed to enter in the promised land. And actually, the Lord told him, hey, come up here in this mountain and die. Yep, he said, you can look at it. You can look at it. Look at the land, right? That's the promised land. You can't enter it. There so it is. Yep. Now you, you have to die, right? Like, and he wasn't sick. Nope. He wasn't feeble. He just literally had to go, okay, Lord, I'm coming home and lay down and... And the Lord took him. Go home to be with the Lord. That's it. Which is nice. We don't have to be feeble and sick no. to go home and be with the Lord. Amen. However, when there's something yet to be accomplished that we were anticipating and waiting for, and none of it compares to glory, absolutely. But there was but I, still more to accomplish. I still want to walk into the fullness absolutely. That ev of everything the Lord has for me. Yeah. All the promises. Me too. But that's my choice and my decision. That can be yours also, but you have to choose that. And... Then act it out, and by act, I mean apply it to your life and carry it out. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just skate into heaven. No. <laughs> I want to have my election sure. Amen. I want Amen. that. Amen. But also I'll say it in this way. It is human nature, human perspective, or the flesh, mm -hmm. to look for a process or formula that always just yields or reaps results. Right? Yes. That's... It's human nature. What can I do and just do the same thing the same way every time and have it have the results be positive? It's shortcut, and I don't really have to talk to God about it. It, it takes time to learn the, the voice of the Lord. But the only formula or process is bring it to the Lord. To make that your habit. And make that your habit. And then to come before there's is a two-part process. The second part is be obedient yes, to indeed. everything he has told you. There's no other way around it. That's the If you want a formula and a process, that's it. Bring it before the Lord and then be obedient in full. Exactly obedient. You know, he didn't say go in back of the mulberry trees. He said in front of the mulberry trees. So be in front of the mulberry trees. Oh, yes. Oh, so I, mm -hmm. I misspoke no, when no, I said it no, earlier. No, no, not you. I'm just saying it's written here. I'm, so I'm yes, on the page, baby. I'm yes they have. To you. <laughs> I'm just saying about the instructions. Pay attention to detail. Exactly. Follow them in full. Be obedient in full. Mm -hmm. we, we read about that in First Samuel. That cost Saul everything. The kingdom. The kingdom, the Holy Spirit, his election. It cost him everything. Man. Yes. And the That's rest not of a cost I'm willing miserable. to pay. Yeah. And, I, and I don't want to see anyone else have to pay that cost. Mm -mm. I wish that on no one. Absolutely. Neither does the Lord. He wishes that you, none should perish. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But that is a choice. You have to choose to be obedient to the Lord or not. All right, let's stop there for today. There's a lot, a lot to ponder, a lot to meditate on, a lot, lot for the Lord to speak to us about, mm -hmm. and, and scriptures for you to search out on your own. Thank you, Lord. For so, your so can we get someone to close us out in prayer? I will. Yeah. All right, thank Charles. Thank you, Charles. Lord, I thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for your word and everything that is contained in it, well, so that way we can learn and continually learn you, Lord. And I just thank mm -hmm. you that your word has so much depth in it that we can read it over and over and still come out with something fresh, Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord, I just thank you for your people that help us to do what is correct in circumstances mm -hmm. and to admonish us to continue in the way. 
In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, God bless you all. We love you. And have a wonderful day. God bless you. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.